So it seems like a big part of creating a marketable team series, which I'm all about, as you know, is <laughs> categories that people, you know, like readers can be like, oh my God, I'm such a red team member. Yes. You know, and they could do like quizzes and stuff. So let's start with that. What are some categories that all people could fit into? Well, two very important ones would be like, do you put the milk in first or the milk in second um, when you make tea? So that's a very two very important categories there. We're lucky to live in the city. There are two categories of people here now. Those who put the milk in first and those who put the milk in after. <laughs> a, te- a test when you're 13 years old determines which one you do. And that determines the rest of your life. And then the the people who are like the factionless are the people that don't drink yeah. tea. <laughs> yeah, and which, which sucks for us. It's not a good society for us. Which uh, society, which camp is uh, ruling this society and which one's the underclass? Um, the rulers are the one who's put the tea in first and then the milk. Because that's like, the correct so, way. <laughs> well, exactly. That's why our milk in first are the heroes who are actually like you know, criticized for being different because and are cast down and denied access to most of like the high ty- high tech stuff in society, like Justin Timberlake and End Time. <laughs> just um, the thing is, though, people who put the milk in first aren't technically wrong. They just know instinctively how much milk to put in, right? Yeah. So actually, yeah. their their instincts are slightly better, more intuitive, more emotional, more, more main charactery. Yeah, just like not Katniss Everdeen. What's her name? Tris. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're podcast that will fight until one of us can't fight anymore. I'm Paul Pryor, and I am joined this week by the absolutely divergent Katie Maiden. Hi. That horror chick. That's me, and I would be all of these things except brave. Like, I'm not okay with, like, jumping <laughs> from big heights. Like, so actually, in fact, I'm not even that kind either. I'll just be erudite. Like, come on, let's just all admit. Yeah. That's fair enough. Unfortunately, this was written by a Christian, so you are going to be the bad guy. Yeah, I mean, that's fair intellectual enough. ways. Uh, in <laughs> eager anticipation of the imminent release of The Hunger Games, a song of snakes and wasps or whatever it is, uh, we are looking <laughs> at the worst reviewed YA dystopia mo- movie that we could get our hands on and have happened upon 2014's Divergent. The only way our society can survive is for each of you to claim your rightful place. Today, you will take a test that will help you discover who you truly are. The future belongs to those who know where they belong. You ready? Your results were inconclusive. This was supposed to tell me what to do. We're supposed to trust the test. The test didn't work on you. They call it divergent. Obviously, we're here because of the Hunger Games, not just, you know, in this review, but in this position. Twilight came first in 2008, but clearly the 2012 adaptation of Susan Collins' young adult science fiction dystopia novel by Lionsgate uh, kickstarted the movement of YA adaptations of which this is a part. Other entries in this weird little canon include The Spectacular Now, Beautiful Creatures, The Host, Percy Jackson, A Sea of Monsters, The Mortal Instruments, City of Bones, How I Live Now, Ender's Game, Innocence, and Vampire Academy. I shit you not, those came out in one year after. I know, it's crazy. I've read a lot of them as well. Also, I really like the Uglies Pretties series. That's one. And also Matched, (laughs) that's another one. And um, these are all adaptations. These are all like things that came, like a books that adapted, but probably not like in the same year. Okay, yeah, I mean, there was some a little later. Uh, the year after that, that year of crazy adaptation numbers, uh, we get uh, The Fault in Our Stars, The Giver, If I Stay, The Maze Runner, Trash, Seventh Son, and Divergence. Yes. The ball actually did start rolling on Veronica Roth's uh, 2011 novel before The Hunger Games hit the big screen, but the budget did inc- increase significantly after that film's success. Uh, screenplay written by Vanessa Taylor with Evan Doherty, who said... 
I get hung up on the toughness of the movie, but of equal importance is the love between Triss and Four. It's inherently and inextricably linked to Triss's character journey. There will be plenty of sexual tension and chemistry, and but it's important that all of that stuff doesn't feel like it's thrown in, but that it all helps Triss grow as a character. And this is the guy who wrote Snow White and the Huntsman. So, so he knows sexual tension. He knows um, <laughs> something about, you know... Scandal. Oh, <laughs> he knows about sexual tension. He was he visited set a couple of times. Oh shit! It's oh, fine. Shit. She's married now. It's all good. She's married now. Did Guy Fieri end up officiating? I hope he did. Oh my god, that would have been so good. <laughs> she put the offer out there. I hope he did. Uh, the film was directed by Neil Berger. That's uh, because of Guy Fieri, who tends to produce <laughs> very unmemorable movies like Limitless and The Illusionist, which is a movie that is only known for not being the Prestige. Uh, Kate Winslet was surprised to realise that this was her first villain role. And uh, depending on how you interpret Titanic. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> wasn't she a Nazi in the reader? But I guess she wasn't like, she wasn't a bad person. She was like a reformed Nazi, but also oh a Nazi. So yeah. yeah. But nevertheless, this is her first villain role. Uh, and yeah, she wanted to get method with it by being really aloof on the first day, saying, I wanted to break it and say, it's okay, I'm really fun. I promise. But I thought just for today, I'd let them think that I'm a complete bitch. And if anyone asks, that's what I'm doing. With your life. And then your next life, you'll be like, see how method acted that life? (laughs) Psych! I was only playing an (laughs) asshole. I'm actually really good. Yay. (laughs) I'm actually kind of good. I love the idea that Kate Winslet would come over and be like, it's okay, I'm really fun. Because I like doing that. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, guys. I'm actually really fun. Guys, I don't know if you know this. It's going to blow your mind. (laughs) I am so fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing you're gonna know about me later when we know each other but everyone will just fun. be like okay kate winslet we love you kate winslet yeah that's like, true yeah that's the thing isn't it you have to be kate winslet yeah i've been failing she on was. that front <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's tricky she was also five months pregnant during filming so they decided to do it the elaine bennis route from seinfeld by just having her hide her baby bump by constantly holding things or being behind things or shooting her from the chest up. Yeah, I noticed so, that, that she's holding like a folder for a lot of the time. And I'm yeah. like, this bitch <laughs> has like a massive like sci-fi screen with like holograms yeah. on. Except she's holding a folder. Like, Look, she's old in school, her okay? She doesn't, she doesn't trust it for reasons that become like, she has proven right by the end. I guess that's should've true, been, yeah. Should have been more paperwork. <laughs> I mean, she, she tried to have it all go paper, but they were all like, no, it's paperless all the way. Yeah. Bloody environmentalist, Kate Winslet said. Uh, but for film critics, bad movies don't shut them down. They wake them up. Dionis, over at the uh, New Yorker, said, barely diverting. Then Bruce, whatever your name is. Bruce. Bruce. Come Bruce. on now. That's, he thought that that's up great. one night when he had a couple of drinks. <laughs> and he was like, I'm writing that down. He got his phone out and he just tapped it away. He just chuckled to himself. <laughs> he took the rest of the night off after that. He deserved it. Uh, the pup... <laughs> And yeah, I, I bought him a drink. The public, meanwhile, <laughs> were willing to ride this train until the end of the line and then jump into Waterloo Station. Uh, Monica Agatha <laughs> over on Google said, The movie was released when I was 12. Being so young and naive made me love the movie. Watching this movie later on in life would always, always, always take me back to my 12-year-old self who saw the movie so simply. Whenever I have like a really, really tough moment, I would take two hours to watch this movie just to remember how much more simple. Life was then. So she missed out the last 20 minutes. Because <laughs> this, uh, this, this <laughs> yeah. is two hours. Oh, she hates so. the ending. She hates the, <laughs> she hates the bit where Kate Winslet loses. <laughs> so she just turns it off like, okay, it's finished now. Bye-bye. <laughs> that review was posted two years ago and she was 12 when it came out. Mass chick. How old is she when she left this review? So it was 2021. The movie came out in 2014 when she was 12. Uh, so she was 19 when she wrote the review. What's happened since? <laughs> Whenever I'm in a really tough moment, I watch it to when the, I saw the world so simply. How much more simple life she was. She had a really tough seven years. Oh my god! Somebody help this chick. <laughs> yeah, are you like are you listening to this? And are you okay? Are you, Monica Agatha from Google. I hope that you're doing better now. Yeah, I mean 19, you must be like 21 now. So like. I mean, yeah. I guess she just went through the pandemic, like the rest of us. She, so. she might have been. That's true, actually. And she may also be American, because based on my viewing of American television shows, it seems really difficult to be in your late teens when you're American. Like, you've got to slay vampires. You've got to, like, deal with your friend being a witch. There's a lot going on. I mean, that, that, that whole that thing was just Buffy. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I've seen. Or in fact, Vampire Diaries. They're both both uh, same. Yeah, same shit. Yeah. Again, American media. This is what I, I learned about <laughs> Teendom. Um, a truly, truly unfathomable, fathomable, unfathomable number of two men, uh, but only a couple of Mormon. Interestingly, uh, we have got a man named Joel Fingval is one of our more interesting three men because he's a professional mime who plays Amnity Adult in this. Great role. Uh, but was also the auctioneer in Parker, the Jason Statham event, and bizarrely gas pump kid in the giant spider invasion from 1975. Wow. So it took him a long time to become a three-man, but he got there. He earned it. Welcome. He earned it. I love that it's gone from gas pump kid to amnesty adult. That's a whole life. He had a l- hard life, was... just like um, what's the name from Google reviews? <laughs> 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 dear, dear Monica Agatha. Oh, God. Well, Jay Courtney gives an uncharacteristically awake performance in this as the leader of the Dauntless Clan, the guy with the, who's bald with the eye piercing and the tattoos. Eric. Eric. Um, yes, he's in this doing that. Um, he's in his usual sort of face painted onto an egg mode in <laughs> Die Hard 5 when he plays Bruce Willis's son. Oh, God. Um, Die Hard, that's the one that came out on Valentine's Day, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I saw Born it on Russia. Valentine's Day. <laughs> God, so bad. <laughs> but to be fair to him, he was also less boring than Joel Kinnaman or Scott Eastwood in Suicide Squad, where he was Captain Boomerang. I didn't see so, it. I still haven't seen fair. it, and I'm not going to see no, it. So no need. The Suicide Squad is good fun, but there's no need to see Suicide Squad. Oh, free to a man, free in a bush, free, free. Yo. Films are shit, mate. Divergent has 41% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.6 on IMDb, 73% on Google, but on an $88 million budget, it made $288 million. Wow. Yeah. So this wow. made, it made or like, so it made $200 million basically if you take Um it. Yes, but you take out marketing costs as well, which usually costs as much as the movie again. So, so you take $88 million. over $100 million. Yeah. 112 million? Have I done that? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Anyway, it made a shit ton of money. So, <laughs> consequently, there are two sequels, Insurgent and Allegiant, uh, and was due to be a final film, Ascendant, uh, but due to various delays and a waning interest from the studio, it was redeveloped as a TV show and then dropped altogether. Which is just really stupid to me because that means they just didn't finish the third book. They were just yeah. like, yeah, we're just not going to finish the book. Hey, sometimes things don't get finished. Just read the book, guys. <laughs> yeah, just read the book. Uh, so, Katie, you factionless. What's one thing about Divergent that made you want to leave everything behind, but find yourself and each other? I really like, I liked some of the some of the opening establishing shots where it's coming down over the city. Oh, were yeah. Quite impressive. And I can imagine, like, hmm. I actually never saw this in the cinema. I have seen this no. movie before, but not in the cinema. And I can imagine it on a really big screen looking really impressive. So you kind of see the kind of dilapidated broken down city the big vast fields that surround it the big fence that goes like kind of fence that that's you know supposed to keep them safe but it feels dystopian it feels um like a city you wouldn't want to live in basically because that's what dystopia is right um and then you see the establishing shots of all the people in their different like colored colored uniforms and it gives you that vibe of like bigness and um, the vibe that everybody's kind of in order, which is what you're yeah. supposed to think at the beginning. And it was a good establishing couple of shots. Agreed. And what goes better with establishing shots than heavy-handed narration? <laughs> oh my god. We're lucky to be in the city. They say the war was terrible, that the rest of the world was destroyed. Our founders built the wall to keep us safe, and they divided us into five groups factions to keep the peace the smart ones the ones who value knowledge and logic are an erudite they know everything amity farm the land they're all about kindness and harmony always happy candor value honesty and order they tell the truth even when you wish they wouldn't And then there's Dauntless. They're our protectors, our soldiers, our police. 
I always thought they were amazing. They're our police and our soldiers. And then we just establish them running around going, woo! Yeah, that's it's the dumbest thing. They're just like literally running down a street. And like, yeah, woo! running is awesome. Like the police woo! do. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's looking at them like, oh, they're so brave <laughs> with their running. Let's establish all the others in context of how they react to seeing the Dauntless running. So the, intellect, the intellectuals are just like, mm. The um, what, what's the charity ones who are basically the Christians? Amnity. Amnity are like. I hope they don't hurt themselves. Who else have we got? <laughs> We've got Candor, which is oh the yeah, ones no, who are truthful. Yeah, you guys look like dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got the ones who mow the land, who like yeah. farm, and like she she establishes them by saying something like, "They're so happy all the time." <laughs> <laughs> like, like farmers and they're all are. like laughing like oh, yeah like ha ha we're farming and i'm like oh, that would suck yeah i would not want to be just like farming all the that's time that's the hufflepuff that's not the one you want to be in so uh says you hufflepuff. yeah it is me um but yeah which strand are you in <laughs> take the quirky quiz kids but one such quirky quizzer is our hero a fanning my mother says what? there's an art to losing yourself but i haven't figured it out yet I'm supposed to never think of myself, to always help others, to never look too long in the mirror. I'm going to call her a fanning. She is in no way a fanning. She's not Ellie or Dakota or any of the other fannings, but in my in my notes, she is a fanning. <laughs> because I think she looks like okay. a fanning. <laughs> <laughs> Just one of them. I can't even keep track of them, of the fannings, but there's a bunch and she looks like one of those. Uh, she's actually the chick from Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, so yeah. um uh Shalene Woodley is uh-huh. her is her oh, right. surname. <laughs> her big first thing was um uh Confessions of an American Teenager. Yes, but she was also in the descendants, if I remember correctly. And she was in Big Little Lies. She was absolutely fantastic oh, in Big Little Lies. Those of you who have seen it. And most recently, um Dumb Money. She's a very Quite recently. A fine performer who is deserving of our respect. So, a fanning yes. uh, is, um, <laughs> she's in the nice tribe, which kind of rules the world at the moment, but they're not doing a great job, like, you know, the left. And this is, yeah, also this is a very unrealistic future, because everybody knows that the Dauntless would have just strong-armed their way into power, whilst abne- oh, abnegations, amnesty, and candor all just bickered about wheelie bins. Oh, I hate Britain. Anyway. <laughs> bye suella bye suella hi hi david welcome back call me dave i'm, I'm not going to uh the, <laughs> the dauntless kids show up and uh it's just hilarious how these kids are depicted all the time i just make that note again um oh yes she's going to get tested because you get tested before you um do the thing but the test is just meant yeah. to inform your decision and it doesn't make the decision for you yeah i mean this is like another trope of ya there's so many yeah of these YA books and series where you have a test. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, what is it with you people in your mirrors? We reject vanity. Yeah, I know. But the audience doesn't. So, thanks. Thanks for explaining that. Thanks. I appreciate that. And she's tested by not Olivia Wilde, but chick that yeah. kind of resembles Olivia Wilde. So Olivia Wilde, Wilde tests yeah. her. And um, she, she, she has a crazy <laughs> vision, uh, giving Ryan Johnson the idea for The Last Jedi. All of it. The whole thing. Even Porgs. And... Um, <laughs> Especially, Especially Porgs. <laughs> because the main character's like, and that's Porgs. <laughs> <laughs> he did a face. I guys. did a face. I did a flawless Porg face. Um, yeah, she, she gets confronted by a vicious dog and uh, she has to she has to placate it. She's given the choice between a knife or meat and I would have chosen the meat before the dog even showed up. I'd have been like, I'm going to need this. So I believe in the book there are more choices. Uh, that would make sense. Yeah, and I also believe I can't remember for sure. Someone might be able to prove, but I believe in the book there are more bits of tests. Like it's right. not just the dog. well. They've got a yeah. lot of vision sequences coming up, but I love the idea that they're yeah, for so... everything. Like they've got one which is a knife for Dauntless. They've got one which is a meat for like her tribe, and then they've just got like a farmer's hoe. Work the soil a bit before I die. We've just got a ball <laughs> for one of them. That's the, the smart one. That That's the smart one. No, that's the smart one. I think the meat is supposed to be the smart one, right? Well, I thought that was like, like distract the dog. True, yeah, but she finds another way. She placates. She she turns it into a puppy and then wrestles it into the ground. <gasps> she must be the maze runner. 
Yeah. Katniss Everdeen? <laughs> She's Katniss Everdeen, it turns out. <laughs> so then, yeah, um, consequently, Maggie Q, I think that's her name, um, but we're calling her Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde ushers her out of the test and is like, get out of here, you, and just, you know, pretend. Pretend this didn't happen. Pretend you're sick or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So the next day, Kate Winslet shows up at the choosing ceremony. Great name. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> They can call it something less obvious. <laughs> I like it. It's the choosing ceremony. Um, which is also what I'm going to call any time that I need to discuss anything. When we next need to decide what to see <laughs> at the cinema, we're going to hold a choosing ceremony. That's what we did earlier today. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And you have to cut your hand and put the blood yeah. in like, the name of the <laughs> movie. Yeah, Cinewells did not appreciate us doing this. But, oh, the Brainy <laughs> Ones are the bad guys. Finally. Might is right, folks believe it so yeah her brother uh name redacted uh chooses to go with the erudites which is fair enough given um and i absolutely crack up at the fact that the dauntless crowd cheer louder than the others they even cheer bravely when one is when someone chooses their their name yeah erudite jeffrey yates dauntless there's a there's a really great bit in the there's a really great bit in the book where before the ceremony, she like peers into her brother's room and he's got like a stack of books on his desk. <laughs> and when she chooses erudite, he's like, she's like, oh, of course, the books. <laughs> oh my God. I'm really pissed they left that bit oh out. Oh my God, you're a nerd. I get it now. I get everything. <laughs> I knew it. And it shots to him like playing a Game Boy collar. <laughs> um, it's time for our hero, a fanning to choose. And she chooses the one that spends all day running around going, woo, welcome. Day one, climb up the thing. Why? Get out. You're not welcome here. This is, yeah, it's essentially yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> she meets her new best friend, Catwoman. Do you remember that The Batman was a movie that came out last year? Yeah, I was thinking about that movie earlier because I was thinking about movies that I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a difficult way to spend your time. Like, for example, Dumb Money, no offense, but I completely forgot about And it was shortly movie. after lockdown. It was, oh, it was a mess. Anyway, but we're not, we're not, we mustn't <laughs> continue to talk about seeing reminiscence. We must, <laughs> we must, um, yeah, get back to Divergent and the Dauntless that she's now a part of, because also in the gang is Mr. Fantastic from Fantastic. And the most memorable man in Hollywood, Jai Courtney. Uh, look, at, <laughs> look at, look at, look at how distinctive his features are. He's not Sam Webbington at all. She also makes three friends. She's got Catwoman and then two guys. Uh, one of my notes is all the white boys look the <laughs> same and it really confused yeah. me the first time I saw them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to call the two friends Ben and Bon. So a fanning proves her worth by jumping off things and into things. Uh, it's all very good. Uh, there's definitely some tension between her and her love interest who I'm going to call underwear model. You also don't need to call him anything different because four is such a stupid it name. It is a stupid name. Nevertheless, he's he's <laughs> underwear. They see then you get digs and the place that will be running around and yelling in. Oh, we get to all use the same toilet. Yay. But you forgot the bit where she changes her name, which I think is important because it's dumb. Oh, yeah. So her name is actually Beatrice. Uh-huh. And he's like, she meets four, uh-huh. the, what we calling him? Underwear. Underwear. Model. And he's like, what's your name and she like is blank like oh what is my name he's so beautiful <laughs> and um and then he's like you can choose a new one if you want she's like okay tris yeah. so she just chops off the first part of her name <laughs> paul if you just chopped off the first part of your name i have a two-syllable name katie you just be so do i <laughs> we have the same length name we do not you have so a significantly longer name all. than me you'd be t you're all and i'm t all and t all for t so <laughs> yeah she does struggle to bond with underwear because he's such a badass katie oh my god he's so disturbing and yeah i feel like i could fix him yeah i feel like she could fix oh him my god. you know they could fix each other oh my god maybe that's what they needed the whole time but uh, it's pretty intense though because if you don't if you don't pass this course you become factionless which is bad it's very bad so very bad the first trial is have a big fight with a woman i'm gonna call mallory she feels like a mallory She's just a like nondescript yeah. person who's got more body weight than Woodley. <laughs> the, incidentally, the Dauntless have nicknamed her Stiff, and there's a moment where somebody says, "Don't get scared, Stiff," and I ruminate on that for a bit. <laughs> oh, I loved. I was like, "You fucked that up!" <laughs> like that could have been so funny. Uh, they go to get some awesome tattoos because they're such badasses, 
and she gets a, we- a warning from, oh, I named her too, Gina Gershon. <laughs> Your <laughs> reference is more... Slash Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde is a more contemporary <laughs> reference, although still dated. Um, we're both Ow. We're both still old. Oh yeah, that's it. She gets a warning from her to basically be like, you know, you've got to step up, otherwise they'll start suspecting you. And she's like, well, I'm going to do better then. So she just does. She decides to be yeah. good. And she is. Yeah. Also, they get tattoos through this little device that like <laughs> does it instantly. Yeah. And having, I have maybe a hundred hours worth of tattoos and I'm like, bitch. <laughs> Seriously? Think of what you when could have done with that hundred hours. You could have completed two mid-level games. I could have completed half of Breath of the Wild. Oh my God. Think of how beautiful that would be. Anyway, we have to train really hard to keep the enemy out. What enemy? There isn't one yet. But when there is, we're going to have to be really prepared for it. Okay. So prepared. So prepared. So it seems like the main point of all this is just forgetting common sense and taking needless risks in order to impress people who don't respect you. So, yeah, it seems like the military. Um, you get points for bravery, but not for opening your mouth. Doesn't standing up to you take bravery? The others get the irony. Even Whiplash and Mallory quite appreciate it, but doesn't get you far around here. Which one was Whiplash? Whiplash is Miles Teller. He's the guy who's just like, he's got the very distinctive scar on his cheek and neck. Um, he's, you know what? I, I would say he's the member of Dauntless who's mean to her, but that's all of them. So he's the guy who, Oh, I know which you know one you're the talking one. about. Yeah. Though. Another like nondescript white boy. Yeah. Oh, like, totally. Slightly different. Than the yeah, other white boy. absolutely. We're not going to get into it here. We'll just call him Dauntless. So, oh shit. K- Kate Winslet shows up. Uh, and there's way better better sexual tension between her and a fanning than there is between her and uh, underwear. Yeah, right? I know, right? <laughs> they definitely should have explored that. You're Andrew Pryor's daughter, aren't you? Beatrice. That's just Tris. No. Tris, I like that. You made an impressive choice, Tris, despite your parents and your test result. You've seen my test result? Of course. I'm glad you were smart enough to know your own mind. Uh, nevertheless, a fanning gets beaten up by Whiplash and, yeah, left behind. But surprise, all you had to do was just not stay behind. You stood up to me. That's good this time. This time is good. It's so confusing. Like, do we stand up to them? <laughs> do we not stand up to well, them? Well, there's one line that, like, explains this, which is basically we're training soldiers, not rebels. So don't be afraid of anything, but follow the rules. I mean, that is essentially it, right? I guess like, so. You knew what you were getting into. Well, actually, she didn't. Because, like... There's several he's times. Like, these are some new rules as well. He's, like, introducing all these new rules. Yeah. And Four's like, when was this rule? And Eric <laughs> is like, sense of right now. Because I'm e- clearly evil. But there are. Like, there's no, there are also like, various points where she's just like, I wouldn't have signed up if I'd known this. And it's like... Okay, so they have to trick people into accepting this clan because it sucks and you have to poop in front of everyone else. But in order to cover that, they just have all of the recruits and soldiers running around the city going woo to make it look like fun. Yeah, <laughs> and jumping off things and into things. Sometimes things. things that are moving, like trains yep. and... It's a whole thing. It's a whole jumping thing. So, yeah. Uh, they do a training exercise, basically, uh, where they're going to have a bit of a gunfight, a simulated gunfight with one half of the team. A fanning invents the idea of getting high ground in order to survey the enemy. We never thought of that before. So she comes up with the strategy and it works. Uh, yeah, she, they climb up a Ferris wheel and falls there with her and he gets scared because <gasps> he is afraid of No, <gasps> that'll be useful later, maybe. Yeah. Oh, my God, oh my God, maybe. So, yeah, at one point, Miles Teller does sneak up and says, tell me if this hurts. And she sneaks up on him and it's like, no, you tell me if this... And then he shoots them both. Got to gotta be a bit quicker on the draw there. <laughs> <laughs> no, they get the flag. And the upbeat theme plays. Yay! Everything's great now. Yay! Besties forever. Uh, they win the big battle, so celebrate by having a big zip over the city. And don't forget to pull the brake at the bottom. It's right here, all the way behind you. We we, we lose a lot of people to this ritual. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like a massive wall that she nearly slams her face <laughs> into. But she doesn't because she's the main character and that was her. <laughs> but we did lose like half of our force that way. So uh, she's getting moved to the better facility and her mum, Ashley Judd, is here. Ah, I, I knew they'd assign you here sooner or later, so I've just been sneaking in every day. Anyway, people are looking for you. Kate Winslet's looking for you. Yeah, I know. Oh. You look well. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what was your test result? And Tris was like... Maze Runner. I, I can't tell you that, but also I'm going to tell you that. Yeah, I, I, they decided I'm a Maze Runner. Okay, well, l- lay low. 
because they don't like that. So yeah, stay away yeah. from Kate Winslet. So stage two involves taking a bunch of LSD and tripping out. Um, just in case the enemy do that, I guess. Who designed this course? Because I've yet to meet anyone older than 30 this whole time, and I'm beginning to think you guys are just idiots. Also, I just remember I, mean, I just remember the prize for all this is running around saying whoop. Yeah. I mean, I love doing that. I do love doing that, though, so I'll do it. It's what I'm going to do tomorrow morning. <laughs> in the library. <laughs> You're so... It's amazing you haven't been fired. So, she takes LSD, and um, she get, has a horrible vision where she faces all of her biggest fears, including birds, loser, um, before she realises that Freddy isn't real and she wakes up. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, I've got a list of her fears here. Do you want to yes. hear them? You've got birds, which is totally legitimate, <laughs> and that would just... I just die at that point, because <laughs> I'm terrified of Fair. birds. Um, so birds, quicksand, which is a very odd fear. <laughs> like, how many times do you encounter quicksand? <laughs> Getting burnt alive, drowning... Yep. Unwanted sexual advances. <laughs> Fair. And having to kill your own family. But also... These are all very understandable They things. are fairly... There's nothing there, or... apart from birds, which I guess is a phobia, which is unusual. Also... Maybe quicksand. That's a little bit unusual. Also, Zoe Kravitz making mean comments about her. That is also one of her fears. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants that, but yeah. that's just everyone's Everybody's fear, right? afraid of that. Um, you, managed to, you managed to beat that test, though, four times faster than any average. Any average? What's that? What do you mean? <laughs> We've taken a whole, anyone else? We took a whole bunch of averages of the people who've done this, and you've beaten all of them. Great. Okay, good. Oh, I, you know what? I forgot. This aren't. This isn't the smart ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're in a different yeah, a, a different kind of. Um, they're doing a different test, and it's just algebra. <laughs> <laughs> and they get yeah. What what they don't include in this is a maths test, and if you pass it, they just kick you out. So. <laughs> for some for some reason, she really doesn't want to tell anyone that she realizes that it isn't real, because I guess that would give her away as being divergent. Because she has to play along as being an idiot in order to blend in with these guys. Yeah, because like everybody knows it's not real. Yeah, it's like, and she could have said to her friends, like, "Hey, I just, to- just pretend it's not real." Yeah, I just told myself it wasn't real. She's divergent. Get her. Anyway, so she meets her brother, uh, name redacted. Who reveals to her that it's the end? Why are you calling him name Google redacted? Him. Um. <laughs> oh, that guy. That guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. So <laughs> she tells him. He tells her that uh, it's the intelligentsia, the sort of um, middle class intellectual elite who are conspiring to undermine the spiritual class and their traditional values. Oh, Christian wrote this. <laughs> Christianity, Christianity wrote this. Um, she has another meeting with Kate Winslet, but nothing new is covered. She's just like, I'm on to you. Are you? Kind of. I don't know. Kind of. A little bit. I say this to everyone. So, on her way back home, she nearly gets killed by three Dauntlesses, uh, but fortunately, they only just... <laughs> Dauntlesses! Dauntlesses! But fortunately, they only just rip her top in a provocative way, so she's fine. But one of them was, um, what did I call them earlier? Rob and Rib? One of them was Rib! No! Ben and Bond, I think. I think you called them Ben and Bon. <laughs> no, Bon. I loved him. So, <laughs> no, the bon. next day he tries to approach her fanning and it's like, hey, sorry, I actually murdered, I tried to murder you. And she's like, you go to hell. So he kills himself. And everybody's super like, you should have been nicer to him. He tried to kill her. She is not obligated to have been nicer about it. Yeah, no. I mean, there's so many things that like Triss could be less nice yeah, about. <laughs> they go to Underwear's Biggest Fears because, you know, they want to do the bit from Inception. And there she fi- <laughs> there she finds out that he doesn't like heights, shooting women in the face, or his abusive dad. Nice. Dark. Wait, there's, there should be four, because he's got four fears. He's got four fears. That's why he's called four. He's got four of everything. Did you not pick up on that's why he was called no, four? No, I didn't. That's so dumb. Oh my god, that's so dumb. Really? <laughs> like... No one else had four fears. Everyone else was like, that's... I'm only scared of two everyone things. Has... No, everyone has more. So he says to her like later, like <laughs> most people will have between five and seven. <laughs> five and but seven? But he only has four. That's amazing. One day... So like they're like, they call him four because he only has four One fears. One day he sees a spider and he's like, ah, oh god, my entire identity. <laughs> Should have called him. And they will laugh at him all day, like oh, 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 four, <laughs> four plus one, four point five. These guys, are, yeah. these guys are idiots. So, yeah. So she sees that and realizes that he's afraid of those things, which will be important later. But also covers 
yeah, a few things. Tips, like, beat this test, but don't do it, like, super obviously. <laughs> also, he's, like, really dark, and then he shows her his tattoos. He's so cool. And he says, I don't want to be just one thing. I want to be all of the factions. But I did gravitate to the one that runs through the city yelling, woo. I wanted to get that down first. Yeah. I'll do the smart one next. So Will he's you, still sweetie? smart. <laughs> Thing is, he says, I want to be yeah. smart. Not that he is smart. Yeah. Well, Let's just remember that. <laughs> it's aspirational, you know. I don't want to be just one thing. I can't be. I want to be brave. And I want to be selfless. Intelligent and honest and kind. Well, I'm still working on kind. He's working on being kind. Oh god, he's such a bad boy, but in a safe way. Yeah, I feel safe with him. I feel safe with him because, but also, like, he's like attainably hot. I know, so. but he's all like, is he? I am down his underwear model. That's well out of my league. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh sweetie, you could totally get an underwear. Model. I hope so. I hope I could get him. So next day, she yeah does the test and passes, but not too well. So no one's mad. Uh, you're part of the gang of radical outlaws now. You need to be fitted with this tracking device, though. Sorry. Again. Don't rebel against us. Only against fear. Surprise, though, those were actually brainwashed chips that they put in. And they don't, but only they don't work on maze runners, so she should be fine. It's a super scary situation. It's a good thing she's got a man whose hand she can hold. Yeah, who's also divergent, by the way, if yeah. you didn't get that by now. Yeah. He is also divergent, and that's why he, his brain chip didn't work yeah. either. So they can, like, hold hands. Yeah. Meanwhile, the brainwashed Wu people are being made to clear out all of the nice faction. Uh, and they get found out, and oh my god, Kate Winslet was behind it all! Who'd have guessed? At this stage. I mean, like, literally everybody watching this film from the first I time that she walked in. very surprised, because I associate Kate Winslet with many, like, nice roles. Like, being a Nazi. <laughs> like, being a Nazi. <laughs> also, the actress who made me watch Revolutionary Road. Oh, yeah. One of the worst films ever. Mm, not a big fan. Oh, <laughs> Nope, I hate that film. So Therefore she's evil. Oh god, yeah, so she... God, at this point they just cram a whole other movie into like the last half hour. So she kills her bland friend. No, I knew both of those guys. What was his name again? Rob? (laughs) I keep calling him Rob. What was it? Ben. Ban and Bon. Was it Ban? No, no, no. It's Ban and Bon. bon. So Ban gets killed. He's dead now. I knew him so well. (laughs) Their Their names were really Al and Will. Come on. No, they yes, were. Yes, they were. Oh my god. <laughs> Come the fuck on. Like, tr- you got Triss and Christine. Yeah, give them cool, like, sci-fi names. Give them, like, yeah, like, oh call god. them, like, I don't know, Algernon and, like, <laughs> Will Osiris or something. Will was actually short for Will I Am. So, oh no, though, her mom, her Ashley Judd mum gets killed. So now she'll have to grow and be her own person. So she meets with her dad and some other characters. Some other characters I can't remember from earlier. I think one of them's the sad dad of four. Fuck me. Yep. So there's dad, sad dad of four, yep. her brother, name redacted, yep. um, and that's it. And her and her and four. Yeah. They... So there's the five of them. So she leads a bunch of nerds and wimps on a raid of the uh, piss palace where they've been held up for all this time, uh, at where the Dauntless hang out. But bland dad dies. No, both my bland parents. Oh no. I'll never forget them. He was kind of hot too. He's a bit of a dilf. So Kate Winslet, speaking of Dilf, Kate Winslet explains the uh, <laughs> the plan against uh, uh, the plan again. In case anyone didn't get it, the idea is to use the army to take over, and then they reveal that under even though it looked like the intelligentsia were gradually moving towards taking power anyway, like they already had made it, so yeah. that everyone hated the caring group. But whatever, um, this is a much more efficient plan, <laughs> brainwashing everyone with chips. Um, but haha, I remember your deep that, uh, oh, that's it. Kate Winslet has brainwashed for underwear to um, sort of fight against her. She's done a better brainwashing this time. But haha, I remember your deep fear of shooting a woman in the face. So all I need to do is let you, pff, ow, the end. Actually, somehow yeah. that strategy worked. He snaps out of it straight away and they fight their way to the control panel. Maybe you're not as divergent as you thought. I'm not. I'm the maze runner. And then she like pushes her off a cliff or something. So Winslet dies, and uh, does she? No, Winslet gets no. Oh, okay. So basically, Triss uses the controlling serum to make to her... control Winslet. Yeah, to make her turn so off. So she shuts down. Yeah, turns off all the other control serums. Yeah. Um, and and then they escape to the outer lands. Yep. And the pop song plays. Where the, yeah. 
<laughs> and a pop song plays and I go, thank God. Tomorrow we may have to fight again. But for now, we'll ride the train to the end of the line. And then we'll jump. Let's very briefly talk about our thoughts on Divergent. What did you think? I remember liking this more than I liked it. Oh, God. I, like, honestly, this time round... I've seen it twice before. Yeah. And this time round, I thought it was just so hollow. Yeah. It was just... There's a lot... I think you mentioned this already, but there's there's kind of three acts to the book, like there is in all of these teen teen dystopian novels. And and they really, really drag out the first two acts. They really do. It's like the... The kind of um, bit in the middle where they're training. I think I looked at the time and at the end of like the bit where she's finally dauntless. Yeah. We were like an hour and a half in yeah. or something. Yeah. And I was like, this is a whole movie. What the yeah, hell? Like, that's the just thing. make it one montage or something. <laughs> spend some more time on character and Also spend some more time before she becomes dauntless. Mm. Because actually there is a whole bit where they like... Uh, talk about her family and they talk about like a bit more about how the city works and how like the governance works and all that stuff which is good yeah like world building is essential to making you understand what is actually going it is but i i do always prefer passive world building though where you can sort of make it happen via interactions with the society rather than you know devoting entire sequences to it but I do agree, like, the whole training thing, both parts of the training, the physical and then the psychological training, felt like their own movie. And it was serving a means to an end of showing how a slightly lost person can get into a cult of personality and end up sort of abandoning their principles in favour of sort of earning the goodwill of a faceless, juvenile, but very compelling sense of authority. But then, yeah, how do you end it? It's awkward, because as a result, the whole sort of mission thing feels very rushed suddenly characters are just dying because it is for the convenience of the plot you know i I like the idea of ending with a mission but it just i would have rewritten this i think in order to make the ending have smaller stakes um and a smaller yield because i get the impression having read summaries of the other books an awful lot of them end with them sneaking into a secret base in order to shut down a new project (laughs) yep absolutely yeah Yeah. i mean and it's the other thing is that uh, obviously Triss has this major like I'm not like other girls kind of vibes yeah. which is so overdone in these books. Oh, like, this felt fairly um, generic. Everything about it really oh, yeah. felt very tropey. I actually really like the first book mm. but because the reason I like the first book is because I like the form. Okay. At that time I was working at Foils or I had just finished working at mm. Foils and so I was burning through these books. Right. I was reading every single one that came out because i was either getting them for free or cheap Mm. and so i was like yeah i'll read them all i'll just like burn through them and it took me like three days to read one so i was getting through like 10 books of you know 12 books a month or something crazy and i was reading every single one of them but every single leading female character had that same not quite katniss everdeen vibe which is obviously based on kind of harry potter and before Mm. that you know Pride and Prejudice, that sure. kind of like, are you going to be, or, you know, Joe from Little Women, that kind of like, yeah. one who's slightly odd or slightly different. Yeah. The sort of audience insert who is apart from everyone else of society. Yeah. The normies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really interesting because it is very formulaic, but it's for- a formula that has not persevered, or at least in terms of my watching. I don't think, like, what has been, has there been many YA adaptations in the last couple of years? I mean, there has. No, not really. No, because no, so... they, I mean, they did like the one book of the Mortal Instruments, right? Yes. And then just stopped. Yes. Yeah. So that, like, and that's that was massive. Yeah. So that that surprised me. Obviously, they did a huge long series of the Vampire Diaries, oh, yeah. but that stopped a while ago. Yes. That it's interesting. Yeah, that was so... This whole thing, yeah. kind of just fell off the map. And although you still got the sort of coquettish young woman who's you know, once more in pretty much everything, especially everything that Disney puts out, any female protagonist in a Disney superhero or Disney, you know, princess kind of story. Um, this kind of particular sort of dystopian YA scenario is something that I haven't seen in quite a long time. And as someone who hasn't very religiously rewatched The Hunger Games, I've seen all of them at once, maybe a couple of them more than that. 
Um, but as someone who hasn't sort of kept up with them or kept them in their life, it was kind of refreshing to see what was generic 10 years ago. You know, yeah. it was quite different. I mean, obviously, like, writer, writing goes through cycles, especially in YA. Mm. And right now, at least, they're in this kind of magic okay. era. Right. So if you go into, like, the YA bits of, um, mm. you know, like Waterstones or Foils... You get these books where the main characters are more magic than dystopia. Okay. So maybe in the next couple of years, we'll get a kind of wave of magic YA films based to... on the books that are coming out now, which are like more magical. Yes, but they'll have to be something big. You know, Hunger Games kind of came out of yeah. nowhere. I don't think anyone really expected Hunger Games to be as big as it was. You know, if you look at the budget of the first movie and the and the talent involved, you know, it's... It was clear that, you know, they put they put some serious money in there, but it was not expected to be the breakout hit that it was. And that allowed it to, you know, sort of inspire an entire cycle of, you know, dystopian sci-fi movies for kids. For teens, rather. It will need something similar to that. One of these will have to break out big, and that will require someone like Lionsgate to make a take a risk on a first one. And you never know, maybe Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes will... If it does well. Reignite, maybe. Yeah, reignite it a little bit and remind people that there's a teen, you know, audience out there uh, to market and you can do so with more than just superhero movies. Frankly, I think that would be quite nice. I mean, I think it's going to do well money-wise because I do think generation, our generation especially, are the ones who read Hunger Games in the first instance Uh and who have read the the prequel which i read mm. in the first week i got it the day it came out yeah. because i was so hyped for it i really like the book i want to see what they do with it yeah, so sure. i think it will make money but i don't know whether it will reignite this kind of you know don't know how zeitgeisty because... it'll be yeah because also like those of us who were the right age for it back then aren't the right age for it anymore no it has that translated and carried over it's true it might struggle yeah but yeah divergent it's kind of sad it's kind of sad to see something sort of gear up with this big first installment when you know it didn't have the same success. But there's clearly people out there who love it. Like, that review I read out was typical of the Google reviews. People always talk about it in the context of seeing it when they were a teenager, really uh, relating to Triss and kind of, you know, finding it to be quite an empowering kind of thing for them, which is great, you know, and it's great that they were able to have that relationship with it, and I can see how it would enable that. It's not offering anything terribly revolutionary. And in fact, it's relatively reactionary, really, in terms of just fundamental values, you know, caring, giving, winning out over a society that's lost its way through technological advancement and meddling with genes and things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of an anti-technology message in there. And anti-intellectual. A little bit. I think there was more in the book as well. Obviously... The huge problem with this film is that the density of the book, it's not a short book. Sure. It's its a longer, I think, maybe even the first Hunger Games. There's a lot more detail in there. And you get, I really like the first book and you get wrapped up on in the characters and you learn more about them. In fact, there's even this bit of the storyline they completely cut out where Christina, this hmm. friend, has a crush on four. Oh, yeah. So when Triss gets with four, she they have this, like, riff. Right. Yeah, I can see why they cut that. I think there's enough drama between the two of them anyway, I think, in terms of, like, setting up this relationship. Anything can be adapted if you go into it with the right spirit and preserve the right things. And sometimes story isn't the thing that needs to be preserved. It's more the spirit of the piece that needs to be preserved. Um, and the spirit in this case seems to be something I'm a little... I don't find terribly interesting. Like, it doesn't feel like a revolutionary new view on all of this. It does just feel like no. another example of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's fine, really. I was, I was happy enough watching it until the third act when I started to get bored because I lost my connection with the characters, which I relatively yes, had. The dialogue's terrible. And the acting is fr- so inconsistent. Bad. The dialogue is so bad. But... It's so bad. Like, yeah. put in... Put in that line about one through three right oh, here. It's... My name's four. Four, like the number? Exactly like the number. What happened? One through three were taken? Terrible. But it did a relatively good job of establishing the stakes, and I felt for the main character and was relatively invested in the pretty straightforward sort of sports movie situation she found herself in of trying to, um, you know, 
get up the rankings and survive this system and this school, even though the school itself is quite comical. Like, having it run by people barely older than her, like people in their 20s, just made it seem like Fight Club, you know? It wasn't this... Yeah, I mean, one of one of the problems I do have with Dauntless in general is the lack of diversity in age. Oh, yeah. So you kind of have... You don't see anyone, like, particularly old. No. And you don't see any children. Yeah. So there are people who have, like, grown up in Dauntless, the people that are, like, training with Triss and... Uh, other like what are they called converts or transfers that's it um who have grown up in Zornless but you don't see any children and you don't see any like proper well proper grown-ups I call them um so where are these children coming from and where do the grown-ups go when they get old are they still like soldiers or do they have a nice little cushy retirement home it's yeah it's interesting I'd have liked just a couple of crusty old figures to help give legitimacy to this group but by keeping them young I guess it does have the sort of older sibling vibe to it, which is quite resonant. It's very interesting to see the ways in which this has been designed for teen audiences. You know, the ways in which the stakes are established, the parental tension, the idea of, you know, having to live your life means moving away from your parents kind of thing, um, and everything that you know, that kind of anxiety. And also the love interest was very interesting. You know, how do you market a teen boy at young girls to make him attractive? It was curious to see what that metric was was like and in this case it was just the right side of edgy yeah it's just like kind of broody. like what would have been called emo yeah. when we were 18 like kind of like broody but like a, a, the the warmth of a woman melted his heart yes kind it's of very thing. much of a type isn't it isn't it edward cullen just kind of yeah ed cullen and um yeah like just i mean darcy yeah like it's the yeah. mr darcy vibe you know you've got to be the right woman to like get his yeah pants you off, can fix of. him ladies just get in there he's troubled <laughs> but you can do it oh god okay so yeah i think that's pretty much it it's it's very generic but there's some charm to it for it's weird because i don't know if the intentions were right it could have been just a cynical attempt to cash in on hunger games but i can see why it resonated with 288 million dollars worth of teen <laughs> So, with that, <laughs> that's a lot of that's teen. a lot of teens. So let's get into what we liked, what resonated with us, cynical thirty-five-year-olds about Divergent. Let's quick fire. Quick fire. Um, I hate you. I'm so <gasps> That's my. You first are thing. so young. Um, okay. Um, my first thing is when when Tris questions people she does a lot but there are some that that resonated with me one of them is when she when four wants to let her into his like fear space Mm -hmm. she says like are you sure because i don't know anything about Mm. you and i like that because it's not like all of a sudden they know loads about each other and like they're like she knows all his deep dark secrets she's like questioning him she's like but we don't know anything about each other kind of thing so I like that, yeah. that they're not like all of a sudden like Bella and Edward who are like married yeah. by like <laughs> <laughs> yeah the time they're well I guess he's like a hundred or something but yeah you know what absolutely I mean. no that is good um I liked the opening music and graphics which felt very naughties it took me back to the opening of uh, In Time <laughs> it just it had that sort of reassuring naughtiness to it which I didn't expect yeah. to miss until it was gone I guess. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was very in time, yeah. that beginning shot and oh, music. God. and I like the bit when uh, her and Four kiss for the oh, first yeah. time and she pulls back and says, I don't want to go too fast. Yeah. It's a nice message hey, for teen talk girls. talk about consent, guys. Consent, guys. He's like, no worries. I'll take the floor. Yeah. No pressure. And then that also payback in the fact that that's one of her <gasps> fears. Being on is, the floor. like unwanted oh, sexual yeah. advances. So I think it's a nice, like, you know, oh, okay, we, that's why she, you know, because she's scared of it <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But he was respectful, and yep. that's nice. Respect yep. women and also teens and also your yep. mothers. Which all troubled troubled teen <laughs> boys and uh, bad boys do. So you're okay. Um, I like that Dauntless are very happy to have her. Like, you see somebody get accepted to Dauntless, and the Dauntless crowd are like, yeah. And then she chooses Dauntless, and I'd expect to sort of, what, really? Oh. 
and then she has to like prove herself. But no, they are immediately happy that she's chosen Jauntless and a sight to have her, and I liked that. I didn't realize there was going to be quite so much of an abusive um, training sequence coming up, but nevertheless, I liked the idea that they're like, all right, great, the nice girl wants to join us. Fuck yeah, get in, get in the group. Fuck yeah, yeah. you're gonna play. We're gonna play yeah, b-ball. It's very um. <laughs> I like that she actually shot the annoying oh, yeah. guy. <laughs> like, there's there's quite a bit of times when like you could easily have the main character do the whole like Batman I don't kill yeah, people yeah. thing, right? But she she just shoots yeah, the that's guy. Oh, I tell you, it's like, not like you're gonna shoot me. Why do people keep saying that? <laughs> not to kill. And I'm like, not yeah. to kill, but she does shoot. No, which is fine. Doesn't kill, but yeah. she does shoot him, and it's like, yeah, yeah shoot, shoot him. him. He was shoot really annoying. This is the future. <laughs> he was so annoying. Um, I like the jump. Like at one point, they have to prove themselves by jumping off a building through another building into like a cavern that you can't see, and it turns out there's a net down there. It was good. It was a daunting prospect, and it was quite an effective sequence. So I like that. Yeah, there's one guy who's like, is there water down there? And he's like, whoa, you better find out. And she decides to go yes. first. And that's Which her, like... Fun. And then they call her first jumper. Yeah. Because, like, she's, well, the first yeah, person to jump. Makes sense. They're, very, they're not um, very imaginative. Again, these are the dumb guys. Yeah, dumb but yeah. hot, you know. Um, <laughs> I like... It. There was another, like, established payoff oh, yeah. bit where they're doing the knife throwing. And she's good at knife throwing i have to say i have been Ah. knife throwing and i'm pretty good at it i do archery and my aim is pretty good that is not how you throw (laughs) knives guys don't try it like that um anyway they're like oh you're pretty good at like hers are all accurate and then later she has to i think she throws a knife at kate Uh or someone yeah yeah yeah. Yes, gets her and, in the hand. And she's super yeah. accurate. And it get, yeah, exactly, gets her in the hand. And I was like, pay off. <laughs> so we learned earlier that she was good at knife throwing and she used it to her advantage. Hooray. I like that. You know, set up Love and pay off. that. Um, I thought that the weird stance that they all fight in was quite funny. Like they get into this weird sort of hug stance <laughs> like this <laughs> yeah. and like, like a sideways hug. And then it just, yeah. And then they're just circling each other going, you better not mess with me. And it's it's cute. I thought it was funny. I had like maybe one uh-huh. laugh and I think it might have been unintentional, but tell me what you think. So Four decides he doesn't want to watch Triss get uh-huh. beat up, right? So he walks away and she sees him uh-huh. walking away. And as they're like going up a ladder, he's behind her and she's going up a ladder and she says, oh, how would you know? Because you walked away. Uh... And he says, it's not something that I wanted to watch. And the shot is her, him like looking at her butt as he says it, like... <laughs> This is something I want to watch, kind of thing. And I was like, I don't know if that's intentional, but I really hope it is because it was like a really comedy moment of like, but that butt, no, I'll that watch that good. butt. Um, I liked the fact, okay, again, not an intentional laugh by any means, but there's a moment where they're going to, he's setting up the idea of the big fight, and Jay Courtney just says, Two teams. Two teams. <laughs> 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 that made me laugh. <laughs> I like the way it's essentially painful. Yeah. Like... I like the idea of the um, bullet, though. The idea that it simulates the pain of a gunshot. Simulates yeah. pain, but, but it goes away after like a yeah. minute or two. So it's like not That's good stuff. Um, I got, I've only got okay. one more. And that is that um, and a lot of the fears in this are really mm. stupid, right? Like everybody like doesn't want to be drowned or burnt mm. alive or have to kill their family but i am terrified of birds. oh yes and that scene with the birds like flocking and pecking at her and like scraping her face is exactly the way i feel when i like get in a crowd of birds it's like they're gonna come at me they're gonna scrape my face they're gonna like surround me and i'm just gonna crumble into a ball of oh my yeah. god birds so that was to me so affecting and it won't affect other people the way that people without like ornithophobia like will be affected but to me it was actually terrifying so how does it rank alongside thanks for that right my last one is name redacted's outfit when he has joined up with the um erudite uh clan and it just yeah he's got this cool kind of blue waistcoat and trench coat thing going on and yeah it's a cool outfit i like the blue it's good stuff yeah 
I actually think some of their outfits are pretty good, you know, like they match, you know, they've got their like black kind of, well, I'm going to go with Candice Everdeen yeah. again kind of outfit. And then they've got the blue for the Aerodite and then they've got the kind of grey for the for the abjugation. Yeah. Yeah. Or yellow for Amnesty because they're happy all the yeah. time, you know, with their farming. So I think it's, <laughs> I think the outfits like are pretty good, though I reckon they probably could have done a bit more yeah. with those. Absolutely. Opinion. Okay. Let me just grab my phone so we can see if we can check in with OG team. Cool. I will eat some of these nerds out of this. <laughs> these nerds. Animal. Luke Ciancio, always to be trusted, says, I remember reading the books a decade ago, and much like the books, the part of the film spent in the Dauntless training camp is the most interesting. I'd agree. If the whole film was paced like that part, I would say that this was a decent film. God, I wish it slowed down. It was so fast. Quick firing. I like the whole sequence of climbing the bridge, jumping from the train, and jumping into the pit. It captured the fear for me. It's good. Um, yeah, the pit, uh, yeah. I like the first show of the crows attacking Chris. As someone who fears bird attacks, this got to the heart of how it feels with the talons and the face mobbing. The sounds they use for strikes in the training camp, uh, they're not outside of it, are meaty and brutal. And finally, breaking four out of mind control by recreating his fear was an interesting idea that they almost made work. It is pretty exciting, like the move where she's holding the gun in his face and then turns it round and puts it at her at her head. Like that's quite a dramatic moment. So, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Okay, thank you very much, Luke. That was amazing, and thank you, OG team. Thank you, guys. Thank you, OG team. <laughs> Katie, what even is the one better thing? The one better thing. I mean, the obvious one <laughs> is obviously the hunger. Oh uh, no! And I would, <laughs> I would go with Catching Fire. Oh yes, that was the best one. Yeah, so Catching Fire is my favorite of the books, and also my favorite of uh, uh-huh. films. If you've seen the movies but haven't read the books, you could just dip straight into um, mm. Catching Fire. One is is great, but Catching Fire has some really interesting backstory they don't completely cover in the films. So just you could just read Catching Fire and um, and just to get that richness of the world as well. Also, just Hunger Games in general is a better series. It's um, Candice is a better... I like Woodley in this. She actually should have been one of my things I liked. But I just think that Jennifer Lawrence is a better um, main character. Um, the love story is more believable because it kind of doesn't happen until like the last... Yeah. <laughs> the very last film. Um, and despite all the shaky cam the first one is really great yes. so yeah just the hunger games but there are the other teen things that we could point out here that aren't necessarily dystopian mm. yeah absolutely so you've got philip pullman tart materials not the film <laughs> yeah <laughs> bear in mind also a lot of the jane austens are teen novels sure. like or could be seen as such so the original pride and prejudice with colin firth and Darcy. if you want a bad boy he's the og bad boy go with him um you've got something other like stand alone ones as well like some of the netflix ones mm. are really good um if you want to teen more like romance based ones some of them are really great um something like before i fall if you want something more like emotional and if i'm perfectly honest i like twilight sure. i like i've seen it a couple of times well the whole series a couple of times and yeah it's cheesy but it's, I think it's more captivating than this is. So, sure. there's some choices. Yeah, there are. And yes, Catching Fire was definitely the best of those movies. It also had a new uh, director, Francis Lawrence, replacing Gary Ross, who was much, I think, much better at sort of weaving this story and sort of creating a sort of cinematic sense of the world. I just remember being really invested in it. And it was the only one I think that had actually had sh- scenes shot in IMAX, which I think was in its favour as well. Uh, right. May the odds be ever in your favour. And there have been actually other recent YA adaptations, many of which I haven't actually seen, including this year's highly acclaimed Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Um, Movie called The Sun is also a star I'm seeing as well respected to all the boys I've loved. And The Hate You Give was something that I meant to catch up on. Oh, to all the boys I loved, honestly, Mm. the series Mm. is so good. Like, honestly, loved it, loved it, loved it. Would highly recommend. Also, the Kissing, Kissing Booth series. Oh, yeah. Would highly recommend yeah. that, too. Yeah. Um, just for, like, casual just watching. Just for casual watching. 
Um, for my part, one movie that I did see quite early on, this is 2010, sort of before all of this, before Hunger Games, but was a YA adaptation, was Tomorrow When the War Began, um, an Australian science fiction film about, yeah, a sort of creepy dystopian future in which an invasion occurs um, and a bunch of teens have to kind of survive the uh, the situation. It's been a long time since I watched it, but I just remember having a very positive feeling towards it, feeling that it looked good, that the characters were interesting, and that it had some very, yeah, disturbing sequences. More recently, it's not YA, but the best novel adaptation, which I'm pretty sure I've recommended recently already, is um, The End We Start From, which is an absolutely stunning uh, adaptation of that novel, set in a Britain that is flooding, and a young mother, played by Jodie Comer, has to take to the streets in order to survive with her child, and it's just breathtaking right up there with children of men in terms of like post-apocalyptic britain movies <gasps> oh and while you were talking about <gasps> that i re- i just thought this isn't dystopia and it's not fantasy it's actually very oh. realist but if you want something where teens are the main thrust teens. of the movie then we just saw last week um how oh Tassex, yeah amazing which is a very fraught yeah. but stunning um film about I guess first times. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we both felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable, but it just it felt so much like a perspective you don't normally get to see in cinema, written by yes. you know f- featuring characters who normally would just be like side characters or completely dismissed in other films. This yes. felt like a unique perspective, and I really loved it. So yeah, that's one of the great films of the year, I think. How to Have Sex. So check that out too. And okay. that's going to cover the one better thing. The one better thing. Kitty, how can people find out more about that horror chick? Oh, well, go to thathorrorchick.com where I publish usually about a blog a week, but sometimes more, blog sometimes a week. less, depending on how many films Paul make me, makes yeah. me watch that week, uh, which is why I did nothing oh last God. week. Um, and you can go to at horrorchickblog on Twitter and Instagram, though. I suck at Instagram, so maybe just go to Twitter, which isn't called Twitter anymore. Um, (laughs) where this today i have mainly been posting things about the reshuffle so you can enjoy those tweets also yay (laughs) um what about you guys where can you find about you can find out about one good thing at at ogt pod in anything you want to search in uh you'll find out about us we are yeah continuing to do all of this good stuff but we've also got um jen and the film critic going where you'll hear reviews of all the latest and greatest in the movies including all the movies i forced katie to watch and there's also quest fantastic which is getting near the end of its first campaign so get in there and watch that find a way to watch it it's an audio medium but you're gonna want to get your eyes on this one (laughs) just get a picture of paul (laughs) and then like cut his mouth out and use your hand as like a yeah do that uh, or get a picture of a little frog and do that, which will have the same effect. I'm do poor it. little frog. I'm one fair maiden. Because <laughs> ah! I fear and that's <laughs> I love one fair maiden. That works on so many levels. Oh my god. And remember, <laughs> the one good thing about Divergent is probably the bit where the birds attack. <laughs> it's really cool, guys. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> <laughs>